Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, welcome back for another episode of Analyze Scripts. Today, we are going to be talking about like psychoanalytical mm-hmm. classic movie, What About Bob? Yes, we are. Um, so just a reminder, I'm Portia Pendleton. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Katrina Fury. I am a psychiatrist. And we're glad that you're back joining us. Uh, or if it's your first time, welcome. Yeah. So glad you're here. So we picked What About Bob because it's so rich mm-hmm. with just characters and silly people and um, really a, a lot of questions around diagnostics. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just the the therapist-patient relationship. Mm-hmm. I I guess I would start with how I felt watching this movie. Okay. Which was not good. Like okay. I felt so anxious. Mm. I felt icky. I felt nervous. Mm. I felt like... I just I did not feel good. I kept picturing a, like somebody stalking me <laughs> on a family vacation. <laughs> I know, uh, and like just you know driving me insane. You yeah, know? the more the movie went on, like the more I just felt like oh, this is like my worst nightmare happening. I know. I wish I had a better understanding um, of like how they came up with the concept for this movie because it, it. Yeah, I feel like you could analyze this movie in so many different levels like on the mm-hmm. really surface level it's a movie about a kooky patient played right. by bill murray which seemed like a perfect choice 
um, growing really attached to a new psychiatrist really quickly and then following him on vacation and all the hijinks that ensue. That's like level one. Mm -hmm. And then level two is, you know, sort of like the metaphor, I think, for what it feels like to be working with a patient who's really challenging and crosses boundaries. And And then I was thinking like on a third, like meta level, is there something even more about like us now analyzing this dynamic between the analyst and his patient mm-hmm. and then the patient becoming a therapist at mm-hmm. the end? And I was like, I just, it got too overwhelming yeah. for me to make sense. No, of. totally. Um, yeah. I mean, where do you even want to start? Like what feels helpful to kind of get us going? I think you know, where where I always want to start is analyzing the therapist's office. Okay. Um, so I thought this was like a really classic therapy yes. office in Manhattan. You know, it looked like it was in a really nice high rise mm-hmm. with the doorman, some sense of security. I think they were on like the 40th something floor um, because we saw Bob like walk up yes. all those steps because <laughs> he's afraid of elevators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the again, this movie came out in the '90s, so you can tell with the clothes, which mm-hmm. I, I love. But this white man therapist had a female secretary who was dressed in kind of like '80s secretary mm-hmm. clothes, um, and you know he had a nice big office, I think, with some nice big windows, a big old mahogany desk, mm-hmm. and then um, what do you think about all his degrees on the wall? I thought, and you know. You can maybe be a little bit insightful here as a psychiatrist. I thought it was like the perfect stereotypical <laughs> psychiatry office, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a desk between a patient and the, you know, the provider. Yeah. Um, it's not even, you know, because I think in the 90s, 80s, still a little bit more like Freudian, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there's like a couch or a chair. I'm still picturing like the dark colors you know mahogany type stuff too but i just think you know having a book having bookshelves with all of your you know books and then like you know all of um like manuals and all that stuff and then his degrees and yeah i just felt he had one of those big fancy rugs yes which i do have in my office oh my Um, god the bust of freud (laughs) yeah (laughs) he did have um like uh, there was like you know behind the chairs underneath his wall of degrees was some sort of like um, horizontal shelf and on it was glass again mm-hmm. i'm always like why like these like little like it looks like almost like a little crystal goblet with little tiny crystal glasses like you might use to pour like after dinner drinks or something i thought it was out of place and he, but like sort of spoke to his own feelings of self-importance mm-hmm. i think um but again i'm always like we don't have glasses anything glass yeah. or you know breakable right. in the office and you're not offering Anyone a patient a drink. a drink you know maybe and you might if you are in an office you know a law firm a, a, right any really like anything else type of thing <laughs> right we might do like deals and sign yeah. on the dotted line or something i think um you know so in my training even as a psychiatrist um I hated that he talked to his patient behind his big old desk. Uh, my office is not set up mm-hmm. that way. You know, we were always trained not to have something in between you and the patient. That's just such like a nonverbal barrier, yeah. like quite literally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, clearly Dr. Leo Marvin, played by Richard Dreyfus, is Freudian because he mm-hmm. named his son <laughs> Sigmund and his daughter Anna. 
and uh, you know Sigmund Freud, and then Sigmund Freud's real daughter mm-hmm. was Diana Freud. So that was pretty funny. He has the Freudian bust, which I thought was just really yeah. intense. Um, and then the degrees too. I don't, I, I don't like when people display their own degrees. I think it could be off putting. I guess it goes both ways. You know, I, I don't do that in in an office where I see patients. Um, I worry about that being off putting or. or making someone feel like uncomfortable or inferior. I feel like it's trying to communicate how smart you are, but like, why do you have to do it that way? I think it's also too like information that I might not want every single person to have. Like, you know, I think you can absolutely look people up and, you know, obviously there's so much information available now Mm -hmm. too, but like, you know, maybe I don't want you knowing where I got my bachelor's because maybe that's where my home state is. So I think again, like even just thinking about that, I think more in like maybe a um, presenter or like a lecturer i think it's maybe something to have right like if you're on a, you. a zoom call yeah. for you're being interviewed by yeah. the news or yep. something he also had family pictures up mm, remember yes, bob comes I, right in yep. and a patient no, like no. this will like just yeah. zero in right away yeah. um so again that was like a big no-no um and uh his book baby steps being like all over his own bookshelves <laughs> what do you think of that so <laughs> I like laughed out loud when he was like l- pretending you know, to find yeah, it. Oh, let me let me peruse my bookshelf here and and give you the book that I think would be so helpful. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh it, I wrote it. I wrote it. Wow. It just came out yeah. and it's a big hit. Yeah. You know, and you owe Ugh. me now what you know thirty dollars twenty nine ninety five. I didn't even like. I didn't even tell you yeah. I'm going to charge you for right. it. Oh. Right. I know this psychiatrist again. I feel like is such a good character. And I hope psychiatrists aren't like this, but I think there might be some who sort of smell their own farts, Mm -hmm. as they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, like, the field, in my opinion, has come, like, a long Long way. way. And I think that's intentional and, like, good. And I think psychiatry specifically is, you know, has been more like I'm the the doctor, you're, you know, I'm in this position of power. Mm. And I think obviously we know that that's not helpful. So now, Mm. you know, you don't have the desk in between you. You are more accessible. You are still a caregiver, a helper, you know, a healer. Yeah. And kind of taking on more of those identities than just like, you know, in an ivory tower. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But like what a perfect depiction of an egocentric Mm -hmm. psychiatrist and i do have to say like as he's perusing his shelf looking for his own book um to give to bob i was you know and you could tell he was like really enjoying that Mm -hmm. like being able to give him his own book and he's like so excited that good morning america wants to interview him i was like oh no am i dr leo marvin with this (laughs) podcast like because i'm really excited about it and i was like oh no I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) So let's back up. So we – so do you want to talk about the referral? Yes. All day long. We love talking about about referrals. (laughs) So before we get into Dr. Marvin's office or before Bob gets into Mm -hmm. it, we see a colleague of his give him a call um, to sort of talk about referring a patient to him. And I love that they, you know, they pan to the colleague, like frantically packing his stuff up. And he's like, I'm quitting the field. I'm leaving the country. I have to get out of Mm -hmm. here. And I, which sometimes I think we all feel like, you (laughs) know, like running away. Yeah. But, you know, we don't and we get supervision and self care and then we come back. And yeah, yeah. And hopefully you learn and have the support in the organization you work (laughs) in to, 
work with the patients you feel like you have the capacity yes. to help yep. and um, not take on the ones who you're not equipped to mm-hmm. help for whatever reason. Right. Um, but so this this colleague is trying to refer a patient to Dr. Marvin and really appeals to his narcissism yes. by being like, he really just needs a brilliant doctor. And he knows first what he's one doing. I thought of. He yep. knows. Yeah. He knows what to do. And uh, Dr. Marvin, you see him sort of like, mm. you know, that mm-hmm. feels good. And he feels so good and um, valued. Yep. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're right. I probably could help him. And um, I, I wrote down a couple of things that, that he, he said. He was like, Always comes on time, always pays, <laughs> just things like that. And you're like, hmm, like before he hmm. even gets into like, why is he in treatment yep. to begin with? Um, what were your thoughts? Um, I was just, it's like he almost put everything out there that is right the positive spin of Bob's quote unquote issues. So like, yes. you know, he he shows up every time because of course he does. He's probably five hours early, um, right. you know, because he wants to spend more time with you, right? Or you know, making sure that he is you know, paying because obviously that is a piece how we access care and, um, you know, so he's not going to miss a payment and so on and so forth. But I think it also, also keeps you on the hook. If he pays early, right. you're like indebted to him. Right. He's got the power. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for with referrals, you know, we, we tend to want those details, you know, mm-hmm. we, what kind of insurance do they have or do they come regularly? What, how do they schedule? Um, do they need an afternoon appointment or a day right. appointment? Like those are questions that we might ask someone who's, um, you know, coming to us just so we can see if we're a good fit. But what Dr. Marvin didn't ask is why are you referring him out? Yeah. And I think he didn't even think of it because he was mm-hmm. so flattered and on such a high right. that, you know, this psychiatrist feels like he can't possibly help mm-hmm. this patient. He needs someone brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that's who he thought of. This was a takeaway for me. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I think I need to tweak my questions a little bit, you know, like, I'm going to ask some more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask a little more yeah. background info details. Yeah. Um yeah, so we see that I think the old psychiatrist even says, like, I'm free mm-hmm. once Dr. Marvin agrees to see him. And then we see Dr. Marvin sort of phone conference, again, very 90s, out to his secretary. Yeah, two to, steps away. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I also hated that the secretary brought in the patient. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just so much. I don't, I don't like the way Dr. Marvin does it. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, he's like, book him for, you know, a, a brief, like, telephone consultation after I return from vacation. And she's like, oh, he's your next patient. He's already here, you know? And and he's like, okay, I guess I'll see him because then I'm going to be gone for a month. And that's, again, for me, like therapist 101. Right. You do not... What were you going to say? It, I was going to say that exact same thing. Yeah. You also don't spend 10 minutes with someone. <laughs> like, I mean, and again, maybe that is a part of the theatrical, you know, piece. We don't have time to have an hour and a half session to yeah. watch. But, you know, he's with him so briefly. Right. You know, gets all of this information, is able to make all of these diagnoses. And then I'm going to, you know, abandon you right, for a right. month. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and uh, I think... Uh, that like 10 minute intro, I feel like is more akin to like a screening phone call. Mm. You know, when someone new is coming to your practice and you spend like 10 to 15 minutes on the phone with them, just talking, hearing what they're looking for, asking some of those questions like insurance coverage, time of day, what do you, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. You sort of start to glean some information to figure out if, if you think you'll be able to help them, if you're a good fit or not. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like, Dr. Marvin really quickly picked up on a lot of Bob's um, interpersonal issues, Mm -hmm. 
you know, he walks right in and is like, can I call you Leo? Um, oh, that's your family. I'm oh, going to guess yeah. their names. Tell me about like already. You're like, oh, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Like mm-hmm. this guy has really hard time with boundaries. Again, one day we'll have like a little jingle to play when we talk about boundaries. Um, but again, to then still after getting all of that, be like, okay, I'll see you in a month. Right. And like, you're not going to have any trouble with this. Um, which, but I did hear, or I did pick up on like, he, he had a physician covering, which is, you know, that's, that's that's good. You know, if you're going away for an extended period of time and Mm -hmm. there's patients who need refills or, Mm -hmm. you know, just like a touch point, it's great to have a recover, her covering, (laughs) a covering, um, provider for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. And that's standard of care. Um, again, I would have cautioned Dr. Marvin not to make the exception mm. and squeeze him in and 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 meet him before you're going away. You know, maybe stick to the boundary of meeting with him when you get back. And right. if that's not going to work for him, then he would have found another provider in the interim. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I don't think Dr. Marvin's really thinking about that. His mind's on the Good Morning America yes. interview. The vacation. The vacation. Mm-hmm. And he just felt so good about himself when his colleague manipulated yes. him to sort of dump this case on him. Yeah. Yep. So then we kind of are following Bob right back to his apartment. It, he's taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. He took baby yep. steps out the door. He comes back in the door. He walks all around his windows. You're just like, whoa, he's he all He gets over in the, the elevator. I mean, you know, funny. He screams. The camera kind of pans away. Right, right. All right. We're back after another technical snafu. You know, it's really hard to figure out batteries mm-hmm. and podcast technology, but we are professionals, so we're going to jump right back in. Um, I think we left off just talking about Bob, like, very quickly attaching mm-hmm. to Dr. Marvin and idealizing him. Um, I would imagine in Bob's mind, he's now devaluing his former therapist. Um, and mm. he sort of, like, very quickly is healed, yep. so to speak. Yep. You know, he gets this book, Baby Steps, written by Dr. Marvin, mm-hmm. handed to him by the very Dr. Marvin. Right. Um, doesn't even read it yet. And is is cured. literally taking baby steps. Literally taking baby steps to get out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, comes back in the door, takes baby steps around the office in an inappropriate manner, but then does get on the elevator, uh, which he couldn't do coming in the door. Correct. So it's sort of this like flight to wellness um, that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't last long. Right. You, and we see Bob, like, checking his pulse on his way there yeah. um, multiple times. Um, he seems to be, like, repeating a mantra or, you know, having some sort of me- right. mental re- repetition, you know, prior to this appointment. Right. Um, I think he says, I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Yes. Like, over and over and over again. Right. And I thought it was interesting when he was walking to the appointment, repeating that to himself. They had another you know, extra mm-hmm, type character mm-hmm. walk by who seemed to be having more like paranoid thought mm-hmm. processes going on. I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. I also was shocked that Bob, like it looked like he worked from home before working from home was a thing. Like he has his apartment with his fish gill. And then he was like, okay, bye Gil. See you later. I'm going to work. And he sits at his desk and then mm-hmm. like punches in. And I wasn't sure what was up with that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. I didn't catch that. <laughs> Um, I think it's just funny, at, especially at that time, like he's living in New York City with seemingly some sort of like a contamination phobia. Right. And it's like, I don't know. And I think, you know, again, they like purposely show us like it's like a dirty street. Like right. this man bumps into you. And he's like using yeah. a handkerchief to right. like touch everything. Right. Yeah. 
Um, right. I mean, that sounds like the ultimate exposure mm-hmm. of all exposures right. to like live in New York City and get through the day. Um, I know diagnostically, what were you thinking as you were watching this? Uh, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, definitely like some phobias, mm-hmm. um, some OCD in there, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, pan- you know, panic symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of a panic disorder. I think where maybe like others seem to be curious is like kind of the the bigger though overall over mm-hmm. overarching diagnosis like yeah. is this a personality disorder is right. this trauma um, yeah like what what is going on here right. that is kind of anchoring all these other mm-hmm. symptoms right like what's the base foundation mm-hmm. of everything bob's experiencing mm-hmm. yeah he was really afraid of having Tourette's mm-hmm. remember and he kept saying like well if i fake it then right. i don't have it right and even that I thought was really fascinating. Like, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I could like mull on that for a while. Yep. Seems like he had he has um, an ex partner, mm-hmm. an ex wife, <laughs> um, who he ended the relationship with because of a disagreement about Neil Diamond. Right. And I I love Dr. Marvin's like analysis of that, being like, oh, I see. So you left mm-hmm. her because you don't like Neil Diamond. She didn't leave you. For all of these other obvious reasons. Again, I thought that was a little early in the therapeutic relationship to like point something mm-hmm. out like that. But I think it served to, again, idealize him in Bob's eyes, yep. which he probably enjoyed. Um, and sort of right away was sort of alluding to Bob's issues, I think, with abandonment, mm-hmm. which we see by him yeah. taking such big steps to get to Dr. Marvin at Lake Winnipesaukee. Right, right. So what do you – do you think um, – are, are you seeing any kind of disorders with Dr. Leo? Oh, yeah. like narcissism? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think he's just very classically mm-hmm. a narcissist. I was really surprised he didn't wear a tweed coat at any point in this movie. I feel like psychiatrists, there's such a stereotype of them wearing like mm-hmm. tweed coats with an old smoking pipe. When he was preparing for the interview, <laughs> yeah, I was dying. Like when he had the gun on the wall, mm-hmm. and I was the- like, <laughs> I mean, to, in today's society, that is that would be a no go. Right. Like you are, please, please remove the gun please from your mental the health. Gun. You know, and then he settled on like the the bust of Freud. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And like and he brought, me, right? He, he brought, brought it with that. him. I know. And he like made his family stand there and watch mm-hmm. and chime in. And like the weird puppets. Oh my goodness, the weird yeah. puppets. At first, I thought that was just like a weird decoration but then he used it with his daughter to yeah. oh it was just weird so his daughter um anna is played by Catherine. i don't know how to say her last name Irby or bay um and she's in law and order oh. and i knew i recognized her i mean she was much younger sure. in this movie but um you know i looked her up right after because i was like where do i know her from where do i know her from and um and then his wife faye I feel like I know her from other things. Mm. Um, I I really liked her character. I know, me too. Um, I feel like it's almost like blissful uh, ignorance or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, she she was like a good um, contradiction to yeah. Her she was like an interesting you know combo between kind of seeing seeming blissfully unaware, maybe even dim witted. I hate to say it, but like in a sweet way Mm -hmm. to then like sort of calling him out or pointing things Mm -hmm. out to him. But again, in a way that, you know, didn't seem like any of them were really listening to him when he was trying to say, like, this isn't appropriate. Right. And and it is. (laughs) It totally is. (laughs) Wildly. Wildly. Um, They were all, you know, they felt bad for Bob. They were like, oh, Bob, you know, needs this. And I was just like, (sighs) 
Oh, right. Dr. Leo is being like gaslit <laughs> by from- his own family. But and then even by the um the psychiatric yes. colleagues once he yep. does. <laughs> so we'll get there in a second. Yeah. But in terms of diagnoses, I mean, I think to me, this is a really, again, over the top um comedic depiction of something like a cluster B personality disorder, mm-hmm. like borderline personality disorder or something like that. Um, I think we see a lot of the common, I guess, defense mechanisms that you often see with cases like this, like the splitting. We see a lot mm-hmm. of splitting, um, which is, you know, kind of like what we we're just talking about with his family, you know, being able to convince all the family members that he's so good and he needs yep. their help. But then Dr. Leo is seeing like, oh, this is really inappropriate right. and making me uncomfortable. Um you know, seeing things as either all good or all bad, mm-hmm. that black or white thinking um, is really, really apparent in so many ways. Um, you know, the, I guess, should we talk a little bit about what, what is borderline personality disorder before we sort of dive in? Yeah. So, so let me just say this before we do that, because I think this is almost like my big question about mm-hmm. his diagnosis is like, at times, I was wondering if he was like intentionally manipulating mm-hmm. yes. people. Yes. And at other or at other times, it seemed like he was he had just like he had zero no idea. self awareness. But was that an act? Is that right. what you're wondering? So yeah. that's where I'm like, you know, kind of on the fence of even just like to 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 take someone who maybe you know has their own stuff, narcissism, um, <laughs> and like literally render them insane right Right. i mean for lack of a better word like and i'm just like that that takes a a big skill yeah so i and i'm just like what is the skill again you know is it intentional is it not is it to get a need met or is it more like sociopathic um, right Mm -hmm. so why don't you you know take us through um some borderline traits yeah (laughs) i think i always struggle to explain borderline personality traits or disorder um to sort of like people not in the mental health Mm -hmm. field, because I think it's complicated. Um, But, you know, the way we think about in the field personality disorders are persistent ways of relating to ourselves and other people um, and behaving and um, interacting Mm -hmm. with others that, you know, sort of become apparent, these patterns become apparent by early adulthood and persist. So these aren't, you know maladaptive ways of coping that only come out when you're under severe distress or really depressed or having a psychotic episode or things like that. This is more um, like a pattern of relating to people that persists sort of in all your relationships and over the course of your life. Um, So for borderline personality disorder in particular, it's defined as a pervasive pattern of instability in interpersonal relationships, self-image, and affects, which is like um, you know, the way people express their mood. So mm-hmm. sort of like the way your face looks, the way you're, how loud you're talking, if you're crying or not, you know, that sort of thing. Um, along with market impulsivity, beginning by early adulthood, present in a variety of contexts with five or more of the following symptoms. Frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment, which don't include things like suicidal gestures or self-injurious behavior like cutting. Um, that's another diagnostic criteria. 
um, a pattern of unstable and intense interpersonal relationships characterized by alternating between extremes of idealization and devaluation. Um, I saw that a lot with Bob really idealizing Dr. Marvin, mm-hmm. um, like to everyone around yeah. him. Um, I didn't really see devaluation. I guess I did when he like briefly spoke of his old therapist. Okay. Like yeah, he yeah, like yeah. ran through, yep. he's had several. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes when patients come to us and they've been in treatment with someone else for a while, there is this period of mourning or sort of comparing you to them, trying to get a feel for, you know. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Just get a feel for a new relationship. You don't often just like 100% right. dive in right, right away. That's sort of more in line with a, a personality characteristics like this. Um, identity disturbance, um, you know, unstable self-image or sense of self, um, impulsivity in at least two areas that are potentially self-damaging, like spending, sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, or binge eating, um, recurrent suicidal behavior, gestures, or threats, and or self-injurious behaviors like cutting, affective instability. Again, that's like your emotional reaction. So sort of swinging really quickly from one pole of emotions, like on the happiness positive side to the negative pole of emotions, mm-hmm. like the sadness, anger side. And oftentimes these mood swings are really intense, um, can have some sadness, irritability, anxiety, but they only last from like a few hours to a few days. So that's what's different about borderline personality disorder compared to things like bipolar disorder is those mood swings um, in bipolar disorder also are uh, go along with, you know, changes in your behavior, the way you think, the way you speak um, that last for, for much longer um, and don't sort of so quickly turn on and off. And then the last couple of diagnostic criteria are chronic feelings of emptiness and inappropriate intense anger or difficulty controlling your anger, like with frequent verbal outbursts, uh, recurrent physical altercations. And lastly, transient stress-related paranoid thoughts or severe dissociative symptoms in the most severe cases. You know, I don't think Bob displays all of these characteristics, but I think certainly this, this fear of abandonment is evident like right from the get-go um it's interesting to me that he didn't feel abandoned by his old therapist maybe that's because he's so quickly attached mm-hmm. and idealized right. Dr. like he Marvin. might have behind the scenes true um, until then he was connected with to this new yep. person yep. um i mean the fact that he follows him to the lake some might call that stalking i always wonder why didn't dr marvin call the police at mm-hmm. some point 
Um, and the whole faking his suicide to manipulate the poor, um, right, <laughs> the poor woman who was covering the phone mm-hmm. lines to give him the address. But like, really clever, really you clever. Know? So it's, and then at the end, he even mm-hmm. like boosts her ego. Right. By saying like, oh, Bob did say he loved, I forget her name. He loved Loretta or, or whatever her name was. You know, she was so nice. Mm-hmm. Can we yep, really, like the note? Yep, yep. He knows like what to what to say to get you to do what he needed to do for him. So and again, that is manipulative. And we do see that mm-hmm. in all sorts of different patients to get their needs met. Sure. I mean, I think um why we typically don't diagnose um, any personality disorders really until we like to kind of wait until early adulthood after 18 is because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of teen behavior is our borderline symptoms, right? Right. So like really having trouble regulating your emotions, um, you know, difficulty with interpersonal relationships, Mm -hmm. um, impulsivity. It's like Mm -hmm. all of that has to do so much with like your brain not being developed all the way yet and learning, right? Right. All these things. So also really um, common in toddlers. Right. (laughs) You know, this is like a toddler, yes. but in an adult yep. body. Yeah. And you kind of think, you know, psychologically, patients with a personality traits like this are kind of psychologically stunted in that developmental phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and why is a good question. You know, like most things, we think of it as a combo of genetics and environmental factors. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people with personality traits like this do have pretty significant trauma yeah. history, especially in childhood. I really wondered about Bob's history. Mm-hmm. I wish we had learned anything about it yeah i'd like to know more about his relationship with his ex-wife you know Mm -hmm. how long were they together what Mm -hmm. did their relationship look like um Mm -hmm. and was it really in his mind the neil diamond thing like Mm -hmm. did he idealize her until then and then was like oh we can't come back from this i could see that yeah (laughs) with bob and it and again like it's not i'd say not that there's true or false borderline but like i think People can have traits, right, right, at at points of time or uh, or can um, demonstrate traits in extreme times of stress. 100%. But this is, you know, all day, kind of every day in in situations where, you know, the reaction that they're presenting with is inappropriate. Right. I think um, that reminds me one time in my training, Nancy McWilliams came and gave a big talk. And she is um, a wonderful author. I don't know if you've read any of her work, but she writes a lot about personality development. Um, And like in our first year of residency, we all read her book because it outlines all the different personality disorders and the um, common defense mechanisms you see with them really well. Um, And I think we all felt a little relieved when she said something (laughs) like, you know, we all get a little borderline if we're under enough stress. Mm -hmm. I think everyone was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. we do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of other things can also look like this, mm-hmm. like trauma. Yep. I mean, a lot of people who have been traumatized or especially grow up in chaotic environments learn how to manipulate mm-hmm. to survive and get what they want um, or have a really severe fear of abandonment. You know, we can see these other things. Um, and again, I don't think he met the full criteria. I was also wondering about like a dependent mm-hmm. personality disorder, someone who, again, feels so dependent on on their therapist or their primary attachment figure. And it's almost like their own self disappears right. if they're not around this person. Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's a good it's a good movie that many programs have you analyzed because I think yeah. it's it it isn't super clear. So, you know, yeah. you, can, you can kind of take different um, ways of thinking about how he presents.
you know, unfortunately, Bob does kind of drive his psychiatrist mad. Mm -hmm. I mean, he gets to the point where he like ties him up in the woods and wants to kill him. And I was like, whoa, that's intense. But he also tries to drop him off at a psychiatric unit and like sign him in. And uh, the staff there were like, well, you know, we're going to have to agree with you. We're not just going to like sign someone in. And he felt so confident they'd all see what he was seeing. And then they didn't. I know. What a, a, you know, (laughs) talent for splitting. Right. You know, but I thought it was interesting when Dr. Marvin was there, like totally aghast that he called him a narcissist and a sociopath rather than borderline or dependent personality. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Did you catch that? Or what did you think about that? I think it's it was almost like. Dr. Marvin, I don't know, like wanting to make it as severe as it possible, could be, right? Like, and you know, again, I think Bob does demonstrate some traits, right, um, of a, of a lot of things. So, you know, I think Dr. Marvin was just like, "What do you mean you're?" He's, you know, um, Bob is in there holding court, making yeah. everybody laugh, telling you know, jokes, right. like with mental health focus yeah. that are like offensive, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I think Marvin or Leo was just kind of like shocked and, yeah, try- and reaching, too. you know. Yeah. yeah. But then it's also like as soon as Bob showed up at Lake Winnipesaukee, like no more treatment relationship. Like now it is over. Mm-hmm. Like it's over, right? right? But like he couldn't. But you could see like it's uh, Dr. Marvin kind of started with a really firm boundary and then it's like Bob pushed. And, yes. and he pushed hard. Like, you yeah. know, I, that's that's not – you know, that's a fact. Like right. he was very annoying. He was right. very pushy. He was very, you know, well, if you just do this for me, I'll leave. And right. so finally, you know, I think Leah was like, okay, like, right. sure. But, right. And I think, again, him being an older psychiatrist who's written a book, you think he's seasoned, he's been mm-hmm. around the block. Again, I think goes to show that, you know, patients with personality traits like this can sort of manipulate and push even the most seasoned professional. Sure. Um, And it is sort of like this boundary nudging over and over and over. And you could tell there were points where Leo thought like, okay, fine, if I call you at four, then you'll leave me alone. But I think that's a risk. Mm -hmm. And you got to, again, that's why boundaries are so important to maintain right from the get-go, to not give that message like, oh, oh, I can get you. And, you know, picking up early on things that are – Red flag. I mean, red flag. Like, can I call you Leo or Dr. Marvin? Right. Like, right away. Or asking about your family. Or all of it was right away. Yeah. So, and again, there wouldn't be a movie if Dr. Marvin right. had said, you know, no, <laughs> this isn't a good out. fit. Yeah. But at any point, he could have. Mm-hmm. At any point, he could have. What did you think about that couple? I, I thought they were them. such a fun, like, addition to the story. In the diner who, mm-hmm. like, were really getting it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they do not like Dr. Marvin. Well, it sounds like he, like, stole their dream house yeah. from them. And so this was you finally, know, like, their with payback. The money from New York. Yeah. 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 So this was finally their payback. But I did love how they dropped him off. But they were just yes. like, hey, Dr. Marvin, yeah. we found Oh, I know friend. where he lives. I'll take you right yeah. there. Like, they knew that that was inappropriate. Yes. And they were like, ha, Yeah. I thought that was a really funny detail. Mm-hmm. I loved when... When Dr. Marvin was trying to encourage um, uh, Bob to, like, take a vacation from his worries. And then he shows up the next day in his shirt that's like, don't hassle me. I'm on vacation. (laughs) Right. He's like, he almost takes things, like, too literally at times. Right with the baby step. Yes. Um, He's so concrete. Again, so primitive. Right. 
Right. Which then is like, so you makes me think, okay, so he really doesn't have the awareness, but then he does things and I'm like, whoa, like, you know what you're doing here. Right. Yeah. yeah, You know, that's where I'm just kind of left confused. um, Yes. Presentation. Right. Mm A hundred percent. I thought it was really fascinating how they depicted Bob being able to connect with Leo's kids in a way that Leo couldn't. Um, And I, I think like, there is this like stereotype or like joke, I guess, like in the mental health field that like maybe your kids will have, you know, that you'll always be analyzing them mm-hmm, so then they won't mm-hmm. open up to you. And and they sort of like depicted that in a funny yep. way. But I think we're all kind of fearful of what might actually happen. <laughs> well, when he uses the puppets with the daughter, so I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> so in public. I know. And his daughter's is older. Like, it, you know, I could see again, like, we, we you know, I have for, done like, play therapy. child therapy. And, like, you know, we use dolls. And, you know, that's something that I no longer do. But it was definitely useful. And, like, that might be little. something that we would encourage a parent to do when they are a child right. inside their home, not in a public place when you're, you know, <laughs> And so he just had those dolls in his pocket. Right? Like, he's just yeah. carrying those dolls around waiting. And they look like them. So creepy. You know what I mean? It was just so weird. And the, oh, my oh. God, like, so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Portia, if a weird, creepy doll ever shows up on your doorstep, it's from me. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank God. That's good to know because I would probably have some Freak panic. Out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'd have some panic oh. around it. But then that and, like, when he brought Siggy, Sig, I couldn't get over his kids' names. It just was like, oh, my God. And that's where, like, his wife's so sweet. But, like, you don't intervene and be like, this is too far. Mm-hmm. You know, this is now you're yeah. idealizing Freud. Like, right. this is where you are. Um, but bringing his son out to teach him to dive. And he's like, you know, this is so important to me. I have my big interview mm-hmm. tomorrow. I have a lot to prepare. But I am carving out time for you. And, you know, like, in his head, he's thinking, like, so you better be grateful and dive. You right. better right. do it. And then he the does The pressure, it. right? So, so it's like even him, I, I think the intention, me and maybe not, but the intention is like, I want you to know that this is important to me but it's like the delivery made it really bad and seemed yeah. like we got to get this done like i have all these other things that are more important it's right like you're, and you better perform the way right, i want you to right. it's a very narcissistic mm-hmm. thing to say um and then when bob like helps him learn to dive i was just like like there were points like that where it was like does bob know what he's doing and then the other scene for me was when they were like his wife invites him for dinner and he keeps making all these moaning oh my god noises yes, like i felt so uncomfortable i know about like how good the food mm-hmm. is but then it's like also kind of sexual yeah. and he's like really complimenting his wife mm-hmm. and um he asked for more chicken and she gives him the breast yeah. piece <laughs> And uh, that's where someone asks if Leo wants it. And he's like, no, no, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But there were just all these like sexual innuendos. And it was like, is that where he knows what he's doing? And he's really like getting one over. I also felt that or was maybe I didn't feel it. Maybe I was nervous that I was going to feel that with his daughter. Yeah. Right. Like he was going to be or she kissed him on the cheek. Um, I just felt like there was a little flare of. inappropriateness yeah. there besides yes the boundary like all issue inappropriate, but, but yeah. there was like a little extra too of like maybe some sexual tension daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I was like ooh yikes I, oh, I felt so uncomfortable when he was wearing Leo's pajamas mm-hmm. and like in his son's room I was just like oh and then like yeah. we learned that you know Siggy is like this this deep soul who's like so preoccupied with the purpose of life yeah, and we're all gonna dying. die and like mm-hmm. all these things um, but yeah gosh I just I can't imagine what I'd feel like if a patient showed up on my family vacation. 
Yeah. Not good. No. I mean, and, Nervous. And, and, and even on accident, like I, you know, and again, like we are human. And like, if you mm-hmm. practice within an hour radius of where you live, like <laughs> you're going to you, see people you can run into people, you know, whether it's on a playground or at a grocery store right. or in some, in some way at a doctor's office. And it just, right. uh, you know, so many therapists joke about, you know, like we just put your hat on and go about your day, but also like, it's kind of like when you're little and you see your teacher out, you're yes. like, you exist outside right. the confines of the classroom. Yes, exactly. You're like, you're a real yeah. person. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. No. And we do. So, you know, I think if you saw a patient who did not follow you, if you saw a patient on vacation, you know, you acknowledge it if they do. Right. Maybe you're a little, you know, uncomfortable, but like, you you know, you get over it and just don't do anything wildly inappropriate in public. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if they just show up, I'm realizing, Pusha, a lot of our early episodes are about stalking. Mm. I feel like we could analyze that in ourselves (laughs) at some point. (laughs) I, I was feeling like he was stalking him. I mean, regardless of the need, regardless of like how it relates to whatever right. diagnosis, like it feels like stalking and stalking yeah, is scary. It's scary. So again, I was like, Leo Marvin, why again, there wouldn't be a movie if he like, mm-hmm. you know, got a protective order and things right. like that. And then at the end when he marries. Oh my gosh. And becomes Lily. a therapist. Oh gosh. And like <laughs> writes a book, death therapy. And, and Leo Dr. Yeah. Them. And Leo is just like, Right, like a nonverbal, you know, brought to the wedding. So like catatonic, yeah, basically. Yeah. And it's like, did Bob, you know, it, is it possible? Right, and I guess it is in the movies that a purse, one person, right, can, can really come drive in you mad and disrupt your whole world, sense of self, everything. I know. And I guess in this movie, it happened. I know. So what? So we, we talked a little bit about some stuff in the office. Obviously, potentially getting a protective order. What? What are <laughs> other steps maybe you would take um, that Doctor Marvin did not with you know Leah or Bob showing up on the vacation? Oh my God! I mean, for me, it wouldn't even get there mm-hmm. because I don't think I'd take on like the whole referral phone call mm-hmm. would go very differently. Um, oh my God! You're showing up on vacation. I feel like. I would call the police. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Yeah. I'd be really scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if my kids were there. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's any coming back from right. that. I don't think there's any. And I thought like when he first called and pretended to be the sister, um, again, how did he know he had a sister? I don't know. Sometimes you just mm. guess sister or brother. And I guess yeah. he was right. Um, that for me would have been grounds to stop. I mean, there was a lot of grounds to stop, but that for me, would have been mm-hmm. that deception and lying. Um, and I thought what Leo said to him actually was really sound. Like, you know, the therapeutic relationship is based in trust. If you lie to get to me, I can't trust you. Yep. Um, but it just escalated him. Yeah. I mean, it, sa- it seemed like in the movie, you know, and it is a movie, <laughs> like there was nothing that Leo could have done besides not take not the take referral him on. Yeah. Um, to kind of stop him at that point. They had already kind of developed this relationship because, you know, he did say that, and I thought that was a really good way to put it. I think right. he was, again, like a firm initially, firm initially, firm initially, and then Bob kept pushing, 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 and then would get right. what he wanted and then kind of learned that, right? right. I mean, he learned how to manipulate right. um, Leo with his using his family. Yes. Um, and kind of other tactics. Right. Yeah. And and the the suicide thing is also like really striking. Yeah. Um, I thought again it's a movie, but someone calls him in the middle of the night to tell him he's committed suicide and he has like one second 
of feelings about it and then is like, well, I don't want to let it ruin my vacation. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if that were to happen in real life, like you'd be distraught to hear yeah. something like that, but it's a movie. Yeah. Um, but again, so I think all the more why it was so shocking when all of a sudden he was there. Mm-hmm. And he just like gets off the bus and starts shouting his name. Yeah. <laughs> just like... With the fish. With the fish. I know. Mm -hmm. The fish I found really interesting as this, like, attachment. But then it went away, right? He was like, it was a strong, right, attachment, um, Mm -hmm. only friend, whatever, you know, he brings with him. He then takes care of. He then, Mm -hmm. like, you know, leaves at the house. He comes back for it. But then, like, after that, we don't see see it as much. The fish anymore. And I'm wondering, is that because, like, he developed this attachment? He doesn't need the fish anymore. Right. Now he has a whole new family. Right. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think, like, in his mind, he really does move on that quickly. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So th- so so how did you feel watching the movie? Nervous. Yeah. Nervous. I mean, there are funny parts like Bill Murray's hilarious. Um all of the actors and actresses did a really good job mm-hmm. in their roles. Like I thought it was an enjoyable movie. Um I think it's hard to watch as a psychiatrist. I agree. Like I think it'd be just funny maybe if I was like not in this field, but I think having interacted with patients who suffer from whether it's borderline personality disorder or some other trauma or I guess you could just call it like um, interpersonal difficulties. Mm -hmm. It really did like speak to the dynamics of that. Yeah. And like when you have someone who's really struggling like on an inpatient unit and the whole staff's riled up, Mm -hmm. right? Like half of them in a positive way, strong feelings of affection, like the whole team when Bob's cracking jokes and then the other half in a negative way. Sure who are on the negative side of the split. So I think that was hard to watch. But again, like depicted in such a, Mm -hmm. like on the nose, but right way. Yeah. And I think that's where a patient can present like very differently, right? So I think if if a patient who has, you know, a personality disorder, maybe specific to um, something like borderline presents to you and you are on their quote unquote good Good side, side, they they are an entirely different patient, you yes. know, and and I think you you might not even know that there's all of this other stuff going on until and sometimes all of a sudden it comes out and you're like wow oh. like shocked or or you know you kind of rethinking the treatment plan rethinking 100%. kind of everything but I think that just speaks to how pervasive it is you know it's right. not it, it's also like not an act like this right. is who they are presenting right. to you and then something kind of might trigger them to change the often um, like a feeling of rejection yep. or yep. fear of abandonment. Again, that's where having a really good quality group team mm-hmm. is really important, I think, in treating patients with BPD. Yeah, yeah. Um, and things like DBT, like we've talked about, can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to do on your own. Mm-hmm. No, oh, totally. And, you know, I think it's it's hard to have support and access good, good treatment for mm-hmm. BPD. Yeah. I mean, I think... We've, you know, talked about, like, medications for it. it. It's really hard to treat in the sense that, like, there's no pill that's going to make it better. Right. You know, it's like there's medications that can help symptoms, that, right. as you know, and then it's a lot of work, and it's a really, really a hard lot of therapy. work. It is because, it, again, it's not just – again, you're totally right, Portia, the medications. There isn't, like, one medicine for borderline personality disorder. Oftentimes, you're providing medications to provide symptom relief, mm-hmm. whether that's depression – anxiety, insomnia, you know, could be different things for different people. Um, And then the therapy is what I really think is at the crux of Mm -hmm. the treatment. But you have to be in a stable enough place to do the therapy. Right. And you have to feel a sense of trust. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. A Mm -hmm. lot of 
patients with these traits have been really burned. You know, they've either lived through really traumatic things or they have had a hard time maintaining relationships. Right. right. Yeah. So, you know, it's not an easy disorder to experience and it's not an easy disorder to treat. Right. Um, But, you know, there is treatment out there and people do get better. mm -hmm. Um, And I have been um, impressed and happy to see more and more people talking about having this. I remember the football player from a couple of years ago. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think like... I don't think Pete Davidson Pete Davidson came out about it. You know, um, Selena Gomez has talked about how how helpful she's found DBT. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's ever mentioned if she's been diagnosed with this or not. Again, she does not have to. That's her personal health information. Um, But I think by just destigmatizing Mm -hmm. it can be really helpful. And the woman Marsha Linehan who pioneered DBT has been very open about having borderline personality Mm -hmm. disorder herself. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I find. a lot of the professionals in the community who work with these patients have a personal or family connection and they get it. Yeah. That's kind of why they're invested in this mm-hmm. type of work. So, it, you know, you can learn how to regulate and interact with people in a way that can lead to a more meaningful life. Unfortunately, <laughs> that did not happen for Bob or Leo, oh I my guess. Gosh. I, yeah, I, I felt, um, I think, very similarly to you. I I like really struggled to find any of it funny. I was like horrified. <laughs> I was stressed. I was anxious. I I felt you know em- empathy at the end a lot yeah. for for Leo and just like his I don't know like predicament. It, yeah. So I've noticed every time I've watched this movie, I think I've seen it three times. I'm engaged at the beginning. As mm. soon as he shows up at Winnipesaukee, I start like cleaning or Hmm. going on my phone and then by the end i'm always like more on my phone than engaged and now as we're talking about it i think that just reflects how uncomfortable i feel that i'm having to like disengage yes as it gets more and more intense yeah i agree because i think um you know i was talking to my partner about the movie he had seen it years and years ago and he was like oh it's so funny and then he you know was coming in here and there watching clips of it and um like laughing and i was just like stone faced <laughs> sitting there so uncomfortable and i was like that should never happen and and pointing all these things out and you know he's enjoying the movie because yeah, it's ridiculous right. you know it is yeah. all, at the end of the day a comedy it's it's funny it's silly it's not supposed to be but i think there's such a thread of truth to it that <laughs> oh, it's yeah. terrifying you yeah. know yeah um Oh yeah, I mean that was a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm like ready to watch something lighthearted that's light <laughs> and um, not going to make me kind of stay up at night. There you go. Well, I think next time we're going to be talking about Encanto, mm-hmm. and we'll have our very first guest host. Yep, um, one of my former colleagues from residency, Dr. Christina Arredondo. Um, that's a little lighter. Yep. Hopefully, it doesn't give you you know keep you up in no, it, was, it was it was a great movie i'm excited for our listeners to hear that podcast um, our guest is really um very you know highly intelligent knowledgeable and was really lovely to talk to she was yeah all right guys well like always um don't forget to rate review subscribe and share with your friends and family near and far um and i guess we will see you next time yeah thanks bye, bye. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.